Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. And off we go on a Friday morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Bickley and Murata in the morning, or Bickley and Murata mornings without Vince Murata, Jared Carlin, Sarah the Ruthless, and to my right, Tim Ring filling in. Good morning, all. Good morning. Good Jared, are you speaking today? Is, is, are the words having a hard time getting... A- I wanted to let Tim, oh. Tim first. This Good to be here, everybody. Hi, Tim. How are you? I am well. Back in uh, old-timey-timey radio, uh, morning shows would frequently uh, prank call people. In yes. Oh, yes. Should we do that with Vinny this morning? <laughs> I think He was probably out to, I'm guessing, three-ish. But do you think he's gone to sleep yet? Oh, yeah, definitely. 603? All definitely. Right. Remember uh, Jonathan Brandmeyer when we, uh-huh. were, when we yeah. were in high school? Back in our day, back a, in the Midwest. Made a, made, a, yeah. made a living doing that, uh-huh. the prank call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was always seemed like magic, right? So you have to <laughs> deal with those people. So yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, uh, Vin, so Vinny asked me last week on the air to fill in for him. That was mm-hmm. the first. Hey, can you work for me next Friday? I'm going to Depeche Mode. Uh-huh. I'm, yeah. guessing the, I'm guessing the concert was last night. It was. Because there's, no there's no way he's missing the Suns Nuggets tonight. No, he is missing the Suns Nuggets oh, tonight. he is? Yeah, he was. I think he, the first game, right, that he's ever missed as a. No, he's, I think he's missed other games. Oh, okay. Yeah, but nobody noticed when the Suns weren't good. <laughs> That's right. right. The, um, so, well, he's only been there three years. No, that's right. The first four didn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, but he was actually going to fly back if if tonight was Kevin Durant's debut. So he was his baseline was I'm not going to not be the guy that introduces Kevin Durant. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he had uh yeah, there were there were guardrails he put up in place. (laughs) That would be terrible if he missed that after all this time. Especially purely by happenstance. And for all of history it was like, Hello, what's Kevin Durant? And not Vinny's voice. So Jared, are you filling in for Vinny tonight? I am that was my voice. That I'm going to use. The <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we've got a we've got an eventful day. What a what a day yesterday! Did anybody geek out watching baseball yesterday? Am I the only one? Yes. No. Yeah. It was okay. in the background. All we right. had things going. Okay. Yes. All right. But yes. Just okay. oh, just hearing well, the, the conversation of one today. It's all right. I watched. I, that all I watched no, some. No, no. Yeah, no, watch D-backs, but like throughout the okay. day, no. Yeah, there wasn't as much on actual TV as I thought there would be. Mm-hmm. I it, watched the Cub. <laughs> no, I, I only watched our beloved D-backs last okay. night. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I was into it. I'm always very excited, even before the rule changes and stuff. Mm-hmm. The beginning of a season, I always get really into baseball, and then I start watching it. You're you're a sneaky good baseball fan. Wolf is a sneaky good baseball well, fan. I, I grew up as that as my favorite sport because mm-hmm. it's my dad's favorite mm-hmm. sport until I'd say maybe college even and then I got into sort of liking the other sports more yeah. and, and I'm hoping to get
get back into it. I, I love fantasy baseball. Okay. So it keeps yeah, me you lost me there, loser. Oh, okay. oh come Start on. The show, Jerry. What a dork. What a dork. What a dork. <laughs> dork. What? A dork. The splash. Splash. <laughs> the stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. splash. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. For the first time since 1968, every team in Major League Baseball played on opening day. It was a fun day. It was an interesting day. It was a day where the new pitch clock dominated everything, uh, and it worked. Ten of the 15 games yesterday clocked in under three hours. Uh, Here you go, Tim. Look at this. Giants-Yankees, two hours, 33 minutes. The Cub, two hours and 21 minutes. Hey! Hey! The Rays and the Tigers, two hours and 14 minutes. Gorgeous. Love it. One day in, you might have fans going, wait, I need more. I didn't get my money's worth. Two hours and 14 minutes. Yeah, so uh, it's working. It's relentless. Like that clock, it, it just it doesn't stop. Yes. Yes. That's the whole point. I mean, it just doesn't stop. I love it. I love it. I, listen, I, I, it, it's, it's like rediscovering a lost passion that you had forgotten about and thought you were never going to see again. It's, That's I, what it's like for me. I almost feel like the pitcher's like, after three pitches, like, okay, just hang on. Hang on Give a second. Give me a minute. Can just I catch get, my breath here? A minute. I'll, right. I'll, 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 I swear to God, I'll throw it. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, come on, let's go. Uh, We're going to get into it today without a doubt. All right, NBA action. Things are getting interesting in the National Basketball Association. Tonight, the Phoenix Suns are hosting the Denver Nuggets, the number one seed. This is game number five with Kevin Durant. And the Suns, for the first time in anybody's recent memory, have got nobody injured. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing right? to see the injury report. Nobody, nobody's to on it. Yeah. So if you were going to script the season, this is what you'd want to do. Yeah, it's What's almost it's almost yeah. breaking too well, huh? Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, <laughs> the jinx. Healthy when it matters. We'll see. Wow, you sound. I'm, I'm just. Scared. I'm just. Look. Yes, this yeah. is how you would script it. That everybody is healthy heading into the playoffs. No, no, Let's no. hope it stays that way. Just remain silent. Yes, move I don't on, want to say anything. Move on further. to the next topic, please. <laughs> it, it really is unbelievable to me how fast Kevin Durant um, has changed the narrative in each of his two little outings as a Phoenix Sun. When he first came here, before his first game, the team was kind of floundering a little bit, and then it was all then it was just giddiness. Oh, we've got this. We're the team to beat. Then there were all these questions arising again. While during the three weeks he was gone, comes back, plays one game. Everyone's like. Oh, the Suns are peaking at the right time. That's I know you guys. Crazy, t- I, I know it's you guys insane. talked. To, you guys talked about it a bit yesterday mm-hmm. in the uh, reboot. On my drive in this morning, the topic on the Keyshawn J. Will and Max show was the Durant legacy comments in the Athletic. Mm-hmm. They did. They did a good twenty minutes on it. So Durant again continues uh, to be the talk at so least if, a yeah. little bit of, of of the national landscape. Right. right yeah. Well, would you talk that extensively about a legacy not mattering? Right, it matters. Who are you trying to convince? 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. You can print that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, like right. the, 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 one of the most sensitive players of all time. Yeah. His legacy matters to also, him. Yes, it's okay to care about that, too. Well, I, listen, if you, are a, if you are a competitive professional, your idea of what a legacy is should matter yes. to everybody. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, right? I don't know about that. All right, NFL News. Anthony Richardson held his pro day yesterday, and when he got done, he did a backflip. That should launch him into the top three. Backflipping after a pro day workout, vault him up the board. And he threw a, a, a pass that hit the ceiling, <laughs> he that hit did. the roof. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, it shows he has a good arm, but well, I don't know about the, the accuracy can't, when you're... Cowboys can't draft him. He'll hit yeah, the scoreboard every time. Right? He got really good height on that flip, he by did? the way. Uh, no, he did. He did. He's Yeah, that's... Did you used to be able to do that? Yeah, I used to be able to do way better than that. His technique is trash, but great height. <laughs> Could you do it? Could you do it today? No, technique absolutely not. Is trash. That's a bumper sticker right there. <laughs> yeah, I not not at all. My shoulder would fly out of its socket. My knee would go to the right. It's yeah, it would be all bad. All right, lost in the uh, magic of opening day in baseball, and there were a lot of cool things we're going to get into today. The Phoenix Suns are back in action tonight. They're taking on the number one seed in the Western Conference. This is a big basketball game, not necessarily for posturing, for just knowing what is what coming up. We are going to get into that on the other side. We have got a jam-packed show. We have got Eddie Johnson. Unfortunately, we do not have Kurt Warner and Kellen Olsen. Why would, why would you think we did? Dang, uh, that's a little inside, isn't yeah. it? No, Jared it's fine. sent out a text this morning to all of us. I sent out we a, had Kurt Warner, <laughs> Kellen Olsen, and Eddie Johnson. I mean, I sent out a text three months ago that we had them. <laughs> then why did you resend us the I did text? not. You, you just didn't. read it today. Look at your, look Tim, at your text right now. Tim Ring liked that tweet. <laughs> that is why it, it was this is Tim's in fault. our thread. No, no, no. I, didn't, I liked it because it appeared this morning. <laughs> it did not. Look it at did not. Look at your, January 5th. Nobody my friends, both, January fifth. But Bickley and I, both Bickley and I, thought the same we thought thing. The same thing, guys. You're making yourselves sound like old people. Don't do this. <laughs> there you go. It did not okay. come out today. Okay. KD's going for thirty tonight. By the no, way, no, I'm not saying it did come out today, but I'm just saying it showed up like it did. To be fair, this is not the first oh, time I, on this show that that has happened. That no, that mistake has happened. Oh, that's a good point. The one time when I wasn't here, mm-hmm. I think it wasn't the, you. The fill-in person called the guest that I had booked six months earlier. Yes, he did. And he was stunned when the man did not answer the phone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. We're talking Phoenix Suns basketball next. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bitly and Murata mornings. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Um, I, I think it's just a work in progress. You know, the first time he came back, we had time to scrimmage and get up and down almost like for a week. We had like two good scrimmage days with him. This time we haven't. So it's it's had to happen in the game. Last night was it's like training camp, you know, to a degree. And um, we will learn and grow as we you know, play in these next few games. 
Welcome back, everybody. Dan Bickley, Tim Ring filling in for Vince Morata. We are broadcasting live from the Auction Studios. It is a Friday. We've got the whole crew here. We got a basketball game in downtown to Fe- in downtown Phoenix tonight. Not quite certain what we are going to get from the Denver Nuggets. They were pummeled last night. They played without Nikola Jokic last night. I don't know who exactly they are going to be putting on the basketball court tonight. But this is the number one seed, and it might be conflicting agendas. The the Nuggets are basically hanging on, trying to get the number one seed in the West and get to the playoffs fully healthy while the Suns are kind of kind of hanging around. Jocelyn for their position, elbowing teams away this way and this way, trying to lock down where they want to be. Well, it's interesting because the Nuggets once very insurmountable, comfortable lead for that number one seed suddenly is down to three games. Mm-hmm. Now, it would take still a pretty monumental collapse, but if you rest Jokic again out of an abundance of caution and KD and Booker take care of you tonight mm-hmm. in Phoenix, now I don't have the Grizzly schedule in front of me, but suddenly, if, if that lead goes down to two over the weekend, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that that's getting a little scary for the Nuggets now. So do you put Jokic back out on the court tonight? And even if you do, you're still looking at a really tough game tonight with the Suns at full strength. So the Nuggets have to be a little bit, at least a little concerned about hanging on to that number one seed. I've got the Grizzlies schedule here. They are playing the Clippers tonight. They are at the Bulls on Sunday. Tuesday, they have the Blazers, then the Pelicans, Bucks, and Oklahoma City. That's the rest of their regular season. Okay, so, I mean, the Nuggets just don't exactly have that mm-hmm. locked up. No, they play at Phoenix twice still. And they have two games mm-hmm. at Phoenix. Yep. And they play Sacramento Tomato, and they play Utah, so they have some hard games. And I think just from the Suns' perspective, Bick, if, if, if the Nuggets are at full strength, you talk about... So much of the NBA certainly can be a psychological warfare mm-hmm. uh, event. And with the Suns, the ability to, to play the Nuggets at full strength and beat them, you talk about sending a message. We have Kevin Durant now. This yeah. is our lineup. This is our team. Mm-hmm. And, and we just we, we have the ability to knock you off a couple of times. The message that would send. Perhaps that these teams are going to face each other ultimately yeah. at some point well, in the postseason. I know. That I know. would be big. But, okay, so here's the way I look at this. And, and every coach looks at this differently. And every coach goes through that very calculus in your head, um, including taking it a step further. And we're going to get into this maybe momentarily here about um, do you really start looking and jockeying for certain seeds now? Is it too early to be doing that? And are you going to get bit if you do it? You look at the Nuggets. So Nikola Jokic does not play last night. They get blown out. Jamal Murray ends up playing 36 minutes last night. The vibe coming out of the game last night is Jamal Murray is going to tap out of tonight's game. So they don't know. So the the thinking among people who cover the Nuggets is the Nuggets can go one of two ways here. They could either put Nikola Jokic in tonight, sit Jamal Murray tonight, and hope Jokic can feast and carry the team to a win, or they may they might just tap out entirely and just put this one in the just take the L and move on. The reason why you would do that is to counter the psychological edge the Suns could get yes. by beating the Nuggets at full strength. No doubt. Because if the if the Suns are able to beat the Nuggets not at full strength, the Nuggets psychologically mm-hmm. can say to themselves, "Well, yeah, they beat us, but we didn't have our guys." And I'm telling you, NBA teams feel that think that way. They try they try yeah. they try to protect the mindset of their basketball team. 
But at the same time, we just talked about it. The Nuggets have to win games. Yeah. You don't want to lose that number one seed because the Grizzlies are now bring, breathing down their necks. You talked it's, about... Go ahead, Bill. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you talked about jockeying for position. Mm-hmm. Brian Windhorst talked about this the other day. And this is now really not about the Nuggets. This is more about the Suns. And this is something I've been talking about the last few days. And it's interesting. Think about think about like a horse race. You talk about pole position for horses and where do you want to be? Or, or even a, a car race. Windhorst is talking about the Golden State Warriors, but I think you can think about the Suns in this regard as well. Brian Windhorst is talking about the Golden State Warriors. They don't really want the five seed. Now, the Warriors would never say this, but Windhorst is saying they don't want the five seed. They want the six seed. And the reason being is if you're in the five hole, to get to the Western Conference Finals, mm-hmm. you may have to face, or not may, you will probably have to face the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. and then the Denver Nuggets. If you're in the six hole, you would have to face, assuming there's chalk, you would have to face the Kings and then the Grizzlies. Now, Bick, Jarrett, and Sarah, if you're the Golden State Warriors, your road to the Western Conference Finals, would you rather face the Suns and then the Nuggets, or would you rather face the Kings and then the Grizzlies? Obviously, it's the latter. Mm-hmm. Well, the latter stems from the six seed, not the five seed. So they're saying the Suns should tank it from now well, on. And well, see, well, they're, well they're, and yeah. this, now here's where I'm going from a home team perspective. If you're the Phoenix Suns, would you to get to the Western Conference Finals, would you rather face, say, the Warriors and then the Nuggets, or would you rather face the Kings and then the Grizzlies? Well, the Kings-Grizzlies path means you start in that six pole position. Yeah. That's a better path. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie with that, but but you're also you're making a lot of suppositions here. Not you. I'm just saying the people who look at this. For instance, what if you've got a Nuggets 1 Lakers 8 matchup in the first round? And suddenly now, you know, that that becomes the Lakers. Right. And not the Nuggets. Again, and that's, and there, why, that's why I threw in the chalk no, disclaimer. No you're, yeah. no, you're right about that. If if it's chalk, that there are those 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 disparate paths are are profoundly different. Profoundly, because and that is going to be the entire story of the Western Conference playoffs. It's going to be how much does pedigree matter and and how much does it not? Based on what we saw last year, it matters a ton. With the Golden State Warriors clanking their way through a regular season, (laughs) finding the button and boom. Lapping everybody. Right. And, I, and I, I am by no means, and like Jared, you were joking, like you suggest the Suns tank. I am not. I, I, the Suns should try to, to, should try to stay in that four hole and take it from there, whatever the case may be. And again, when Brian Windhorst was talking about this, he was talking about the Golden State Warriors, who they may very well just hang back in that sixth seed. Because that's where they kind of are right now. And they may very well. He, Brian Windhorst says the Kings are the mark. That's what he said for the Warriors. Yeah, the, the oh, Kings are oh, the mark, oh. not the Suns. Because if you're the Warriors, you yeah. want you want Durant and Booker in no, the first round. Of course you don't. Or do you do you want Sabonis and, and Kevin Herter? I mean, come you on. You want yeah. Sabonis and yeah? No, listen. <laughs> no, that, again, this is this is also why Brian Windhorst said what he did about the the teams at the bottom, the superstars at the bottom of the pack in the Western Conference. They smell fear. They smell weakness at the top because there's not a lot of people who trust in teams one through three exactly. for various reasons, and, and that's it. Couldn't be more different in the East. When you've got very clear order at the top. Yes. You know, even though the Celtics are making a run at the Bucks a little bit based on last night, yeah, yeah, there are three real top-heavy teams in the East. Yes. So, and, and in the West, it's completely inverted, completely flipped.
Charles Barkley said this is going to be the craziest thing we've ever seen. It might actually be. And this is this is one of those things. I don't know how often you've seen it, but the teams that that do engage in that. All right. Let us try to rig this thing and play to a seed because we think the path is going to be easier. I wonder how many times it's worked versus how many times it's blown up in their face. And and Bick, you know, I I know the Thunder aren't coming out of the, the play in tournament, but I'm telling you, the, man, the Pelicans, Lakers and T-Wolves. I know Barkley kind of dismissed the Lakers with you guys mm-hmm. the other day. This might be the first time in the history of my career I disagree with Barkley. I, 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 the Lake, the Lakers can do some damage. Lakers man. scare me, and and, and the way and, the Pelicans. Yes, the, the thing about the thing about New Orleans is they they're, they're a very physical, they're a fearless and physical team. Those teams cause fits for the Suns and, and Ingram and, and yeah. Zion and, and the Timberwolves. Yeah. With, I mean, Carl Anthony I, Towns missed fifty plus games. If he if he didn't miss those games, the 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 T Wolves would be hanging around with the Suns and the Clippers and the Kings around that three four five hole. So how did our baseball team? How did our local nine do in their grand debut? You're gonna find out next. D backs daily. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D backs daily. Brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call Texter Chat 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. All right, it is time for D-Backs Daily. We're going to recap the highlights, the lowlights, and all that happened in yesterday's game, which was the debut of this year's Diamondbacks opening day versus those hated Los Angeles Dodgers. And it started off very well for the Diamondbacks. Couple of men on. Christian Walker comes to the plate. As the 0-2 is lined into left field. That's a base hit. Marte waved around third. Here comes the throw from former D-back David Peralta. It's cut off. And the Diamondbacks take a 1-0 lead. 1-0 Diamondbacks. Zach Gallen, the ace of the Diamondbacks. Cy Young contender, hopefully. Kept things going, striking out the side in the bottom of the first. Here we go. Diamondbacks back up in the second inning. A man on, new catcher Gabriel Marino. He's been a good hitter at almost every level of professional baseball. Now he socks one into center field. Outman long run to his right makes the catch. But that is going to be good enough to bring home Ahmed. A sack fly and a 2-0 lead for Arizona. 2-0. Here we go, baby. Two runs and two innings. Boy, the Diamondbacks are going to score eight, nine, ten runs that game. Oh, no, that was the, that was the last uh, Diamondbacks highlight that I will be playing because in the bottom of the third, uh, Dodgers catcher Will Smith uh, slapped a ball oh, into okay, the. Okay. Uh, sorry, it too, I had it was too. It was too easy. Second and third, two outs, two nothing. D backs the pitch, swing, line drive, right field. That's a base hit. Alvin scores. Here comes Rojas. He too will score. It's the second hit of the night for Will Smith, and he ties the game at two. Stayed at 2-2 for a couple innings, but then uh, Will Smith comes back up and uh, really smacked one into the outfield there. I'm sorry. Poked into shallow right. McCarthy's got a hustle, can't make the catch. Freeman got a great jump. He's on his way to third, and the Dodgers have taken a 3-2 lead. Things started to fall apart for Zach Gallen there. He could not get anybody out. 
Former Diamondback J.D. Martinez comes up with a man on. Swing, line drive, face hit, right field. Freeman scores. Smith at second. It's 4-2 Dodgers on the RBI base hit by J.D. Martinez. That was the end of Zach Gallen. Could not get through the fifth inning. Oof. And the relievers did not help. Another former Diamondback hurting the the Diamondbacks of current. And the first pitch swung on line to left field. That ball is going to get down for a base hit. Smith rounding third. He will score. The throw goes to third, and Martinez is out. But the run does count as Smith touched home plate before that out could be recorded. That was David Peralta there with the RBI single. Not and the, a good day for Cole Salser, Jerry. Yeah, Cole Salser. Salser, Salser, Salser. I was going to say Salser. Salser. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, not a good day for the Diamondbacks. The Dodgers added on a few more runs. And they win the game 8-2. to two. Uh, Tori Lovello, what the heck happened? Um, it's the type of baseball we play. You know, we grind it, grind it out. We do things right. Um, we fundamentally execute at a high level. And, and, you know, we're sitting at 2 nothing after two innings. And Zach looked like he had really good stuff. So um, it didn't go the way we wanted to, but it was a fast start for us. And everything looked very positive at that point. A good base, good foundation, swinging at the pitches that we want, um, you know, limiting chase. It just looked like at times we were we were not not in a good position to strike the baseball. The first three innings were, were great. We had three hits over two innings and scored a couple runs, and then it stalled out. I think we got one hit for the final four and a half, or five innings. So um, we just got to get back to our fundamentals and the things we're good at. And our guys, when they're when they're up there at the plate thinking baseball and and following following their their process, they're good hitters, and we'll be fine tomorrow. So that's it. Diamondbacks lose their opener. Good job, Jerry. Well done. A couple rips at Will Smith. Well done. Weird night at uh, Chavez Ravine, Dodger Stadium. Game time temperature was 55 degrees. Not exactly what you expect on opening day in Southern California. All right. So it, it, that was a little bit weird, too. In fact, you could see snow on top of the San Gabriel Mountains. Now the weird the weather we've been having here, they've yeah. been having in L.A. all winter and spring, yeah. too. Yeah. So all the clouds were, all the clouds cleared by first pitch, and you, there's snow on the mountains. I'm like, I've never seen that. So it was a, then the field for people who've been to Dodger Stadium, the field was dramatically brighter than it's been. They poured money into their lighting system, and this lighting system turned into a point of contention for Tori Lovello. They've got LED screens now that circle yes. Dodger Stadium. And so apparently, while while baseballs were in play, they're they're messing around flickering. with that, flickering them then. And I, now, I don't know how much that actually interfered with the quality of play, but it sure seemed to annoy the Diamondbacks. It did. It did. Now, let me preface this little segment we're about to do with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the game, new Dodger outfielder Jason Hayward mm-hmm. put bottles of wine in all the lockers of his new Dodger teammates, Bick. Okay. So there was wine before the game. <laughs> and there was wine after the game. Wow. Here, here's uh, Tori Lovello talking about the quote-unquote light shows that were happening during the game. Um, I'm not. Dodgers beat his parents square today. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just take notice of it when I'm uh, you know, on the field. 
Um, there, you know, mound visit, and I see the lights going on and off for pitches that are being thrown and warm-ups. Um, yeah, there was a couple cases. I don't think anything was done maliciously. They just, they got to they gotta be better. And we'll figure that out. Yeah, listen, and this is uh, this is something that struck me, okay, because Zach Gallen and Tori Lovello made it very, very clear they were not exactly big fans of the pitch clock that, as you said, was relentless, okay? Boom, you throw a pitch, there's a base hit, the guy, boom, now you're resetting, and you, you can't take 25 seconds walking around the mound gathering yourself. And and for that to be an issue one game into the season, that's real poor, poor preparation. That's real poor Preparation. So uh, I'm going to give him a mulligan for now, but I, I like you. That struck me as really you're whining about that, and now you've got this whole LED light thing. So Jake McCarthy in right field sees him flickering on a play. Um, Carlos Vargas in a relief appearance. He's warming up. They're flickering. He tells the home plate umpire. Home plate umpire gets turns around, tells him to turn the lights back on. Okay, I get it's not what you're used to, but really, one game in, this is what we're doing. Well, and to be fair, no. Tory did say, we just heard the clip say, the Dodgers beat us fair and square. But Lovello did go on to say, you know, I wasn't too pleased about that quote. Uh, I'm going to bring it up with my group here in the front office, see what they're going to you know, do about it. I, I don't think it was done maliciously. Mm-hmm. I think they hit the wrong button at the wrong time, and they need to be better at that. that so, yes. So, yeah, the D-backs were upset about the use of the LED lights. And the dimmers that they and, have, with the dimmer capability. And, and it's it, also the first game... But for the, the Dodgers using that too, so maybe they will adjust. Then no, maybe that was right. But don't kid yourself. There, there's undertones, and the, and there's a story. Nick Pecoro wrote it. Uh, AZ Central. There are undertones. The D-backs players are. They're saying it without saying it. They're wondering if the Dodgers were, the stadium people were purposely, you know, messing with the lights, trying to mess with the yep. D-backs while they were trying to play baseball. And the answer to that is probably yes, because that's what baseball teams do. <laughs> they do whatever they can to mess with the opponent. They, I mean, l- really, fair play is of right. very interest in Major League Baseball. They, they, no, the D-backs didn't come out and say it. No. You re, read, read the no. quotes, and, well, that, and that's what they're saying. You're right. And Let's Tori call Le- it what it is. And Tori Lovello also said, we're going to meet tomorrow and discuss what we should do as a group, whether they're going to lodge a formal complaint with Major League Baseball. Right. Alright, okay, I get it. If it, you Do what you got to do, but again, one game into it, this is not the kind, this is not the kind of metal you want to be projecting <laughs> as a baseball team. Too much drama already. Oh, oh Dra- man. Drama for your mama. Drama. Chavez Ravine. So again, <laughs> Chavez Ravine. So again, so again, so again, a little lighthearted humor. We had some wine before the game in the Dodgers clubhouse, and we had some wine after the Jared, game. Jared, what do you think of wine? D-Bucks. You like wine, Jared? Oh, nah. Yeah. Yeah. Ask me what I think about it. Oh, oh. We know it brings it on to the dance floor. <laughs> I know what she thinks. All Touché. right, coming up on the other side, we have got some football to talk about, some NFL hash marks, Arizona Cardinals, all things NFL coming up next. Timmering, Dan Bickley, you're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata, Bickley and Morata Mornings, Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Well, it depends a lot on this Lamar Jackson situation with Indianapolis mm-hmm. and what happens there. And then certainly uh, that was Seattle's going to take a quarterback or go defense at that point. Uh, Las Vegas it seemed like was maybe interested. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, you hear different things that they're not now. Uh, yeah, it's just some teams, Tennessee at 11, you keep hearing quarterback. Atlanta at 8, are they going to move forward with Desmond Ritter? So there's a lot of teams that potentially could look to go up if the right quarterback is there. And, yeah. and you don't know who they really like. That's the whole key to this. 
this, that where Arizona's sitting, who does Carolina take, who does Houston take? If you say it's Stroud and Young, one, two, guaranteed, and nobody else is in the mix, which is the way it looks right now, I'm not buying the Anthony Richardson talk, regardless of how a useless pro day goes today, and pro days are useless in the, in the evaluation process. So this won't matter, but if Stroud and Young go one, two, does, does a team love Richardson and Levis enough, or Levis enough, to move up to get them? That's the whole question, is how they rank those two other quarterbacks. Happy Friday, everybody. Dan Bickley, Tim Ring, full filling in for Vinny. Welcome to the auction studios on a very, very cool Friday. A lot of stuff going on. My hope is that someday, maybe this year, maybe in the near future, Major League Baseball will be enjoying such a renaissance that the NFL draft maybe lessens in, in importance a little bit. Huh? <laughs> We're not quite at that point just yet. All right. So Mel Kuyper joined us yesterday. And in, in that synopsis, getting around to Anthony Richardson whose pro day was indeed yesterday, and he he was sensational at times yesterday. This is really applicable to the Cardinals who sit there with the number three pick for obvious reasons. It, the demand for quarterbacks on draft day, on the first day of the NFL draft, it's going to determine whether or not Monty Austin Ford can take that draft pick and parlay it into a, a cachet of stuff, or whether or not it's best just to go take an impact defensive player like Will Anderson Jr. I'm fine with him trading down to four. <laughs> yeah, one spot. Because I, 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 w- I would hate to miss out on Will Anderson. I mean, I, I know that's a really wimpy response. I, I just think this team is in dire need of mm-hmm. impact, great, difference-making great players. Young talent. Young yeah. talent. Mm-hmm. They are void of that, especially on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. Right now they have, honestly, one. They have one guy. Mm-hmm. Have one guy on that side of the football. Now that JJ Watts retired, Byron Murphy's off on his way. Mm-hmm. Zach Allen's off on his way. Mm-hmm. This is a team that needs a player like Will Anderson. Now I understand you can get a haul, and maybe you drop down. That right? If you can get a haul, you can get a haul. You, then you've got. I do. I do believe you have to consider it. But I. But I think, like you, I think this should go in stages. Ideally, what you can do is trade down immediately with the Colts, and then park yourself there. Try to get that done with enough time to give you the flexibility on draft day to move down or not. So so now you're going to get you're going to hedge a little bit. You're going to get something in return if you can consummate that trade and if you can't then you can move on. The big question becomes now, if you're the Colts and you're Jim Irsay and you're running that franchise, what are you doing at the quarterback position? Are you going to believe the hype and the and the future of Anthony Richardson? Mel Kiper just said he does not. There are people who do. There are people who wouldn't be surprised, they say, if Anthony Richardson went all the way to number one. Now, I'm not, I'm not going that far. Here's a couple of cuts from Todd McShay, who is sort of Mel Kuyper's number two there. Uh, and Todd McShay talking about how Anthony Richardson is athletically different. He's just different. You know, having seen the other three quarterbacks throw, and they, they all you know, were different levels of, of great in their own pro days, but... When you when you watch Anthony, he's six foot four. He's two hundred and forty four pounds. He runs a four four three. Yet he has the upper body flexibility. You know, I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, but like those those guys. Unlike Will Levis, who's, who's really you know muscular and, and a weight room warrior and all those things, the tightness he has in his upper body. What really stood out to me is just how flexible he is with his upper body. I'm just. It's so hard. 
Let me just, I'll play one more McShay. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, who had who had the better pro day, though, Richardson or Will Levis? Because they're both sort of competing to be that third quarterback. Anthony Richardson. I, I thought, you know, Will Levis has a big-time arm. And obviously he's mobile and he's got a heart of a lion. And, and you saw him battle through injuries this past year with poor protection and young receivers and a running back who was standout, was suspended the first four games. There's a lot to work with, you know, with Levis, too. I don't think he's ready to start year one. So then all, all of a sudden, when you get him as a starter in year two, now you're talking about a 25-year-old versus bringing in Anthony Richardson, who has greater tools, not as experienced, but give me a couple years to develop him, even maybe just one year. But if it's two, that's fine, too. I just I think there's just more upside and and you have the luxury of being patient because he is so young. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, it, it's interesting to me because for a while now I've seen this kid and I've I've thought to myself, this is going to be the ultimate litmus test for NFL types who who get seduced by measurables because he does look different and everything about his measurables look different and you can get lost real quick because of the fear of passing on a guy who can do all that stuff. And again, this we're getting in that era or this time now of the calendar where where the criticisms and the the critiques of players start going in real weird places. Will, Will Levis, he's a guy that is looked at as, okay, he's got great size, he's got a really good arm, stands in the pocket for you. Now peop, now there's two negative critiques floating around around Will Levis. Number one, he is too jacked up, meaning you just heard Todd McShay talk about him being stiff, not having the upper body flexibility. And then there are people who are saying he's bombing interviews, not exactly coming across really well in interviews. We've heard that about another young quarterback. I can't quite seem to place who that might be. Who was that guy? Sky- who was that kid? Skyler? Skyler, yeah. The thing that I don't understand, though, is like how when will... <laughs> they learn not to just when? go by on measure, measurables, like know. like Trey Lance, you know, or, or Jamarcus Russell, or you know these guys that like. Well, I, 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 you know, obviously they have these unbelievable workouts, but they don't have the body of work. They don't have the actual. Well, Jamarcus Russell is obviously the gold standard right mm-hmm. now. You, you always think back to him, and I, I, I have the vision of him being on his knees and throwing the ball seventy yards. And obviously, he was a colossal bust. And you, so you see Anthony Richardson, and you hear about how he just his looks different. And he's a cut above, and I go back to Jamarcus Russell. But then you go back to Patrick Mahomes, and here's a guy. Because Patrick he, Mahomes was extremely productive in college, right? But and his team didn't win. But yet he dropped down in the draft. And how many quarterbacks were picked ahead of him? And Mitchell Trubisky went so high, and so I, there's. You just look at historically the way that NFL GMs judge guys during this period before the draft, and how many times they get it wrong, hmm. and it and it so 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 trying to predict now where guys should go and how they're going to project and how they're going to do in the NFL. It just seems like for us to try to figure out who's going to to be a successful quarterback when the guys that are paid millions of dollars can't to do it right and get it right. They can't get it right. Well, it's just so hard to look at these kids and figure out because I, I mean I don't because sometimes it's just not about your physical gifts. Yeah, you know, of course. Even Anthony Richard, Richardson says he can improve in some areas. The Lord knows what I have to improve on. You know, if you ask me, I feel like I got to improve on everything. You know, uh, accuracy I can get better with that. You know, decision making I can get better with that. Uh, footwork I can definitely grow with that. Leadership you know I can go on as a list. Because I feel like I can grow in any aspect. So uh, just focusing on those certain things, I feel like I'll be a great quarterback. But aside from every single aspect it takes to be a good quarterback, he's set. 
Right, exactly. And again, if you watch the game tape of him last year, it's really it's it's rugged. There's there's really good stuff and there's really bad stuff. It's raw talent. It's very raw. Yes. And and yet this is uh, the ultimate litmus test because this guy's measurables are so crazy good. Even the Panthers, who have traded up to the number one pick, had dinner with him the other night. But if it's because they want to, okay, are we sure we're not passing up on the generational talent? It's so but, crazy. But, but if his measurables and his athletic ability was so fantastic and, and off the charts great, right. why wasn't it? I know. Why didn't why he did, dominate college kids? Because it, now it's a whole different caliber of athlete on the defensive side of the football in the National Football League. Yeah. But you could teach technique. Mm-hmm. You could coach somebody up. You cannot teach someone to be a freak athlete. Yeah. And so this those is, people take chances. So, so there are a lot of people, again, what, what happens with Lamar Jackson, what happens with quarterbacks who are established, it's going to depend what, what kind of leverage the Cardinals have. But but to me, this is also something now where let, let this hype roll because this only helps the Cardinals. All right, coming up back on the other side, opening day. What was it all about? How was it for the Diamondbacks? It's the one day on the calendar in the regular season when baseball truly matters. We'll tell you out when Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.